Hello, friends. How are you? How was your week? How was your weekend? How was your evening or your morning? How's your life? Do you have the flu? I hope not because I do and it is not feeling very good. I've been hearing that it's going around and a lot of people have it. And so I sympathize with the others that have it. It is, I I literally felt like the Grim Reaper was coming in the middle of the night to take me away. It was, it's been, it's been a rough one. Rough, rough, rough. I spent the weekend in the desert. Um, Katie got these awesome houses that they gifted uh, her for the weekend. Uh, the They're called the Polo Villas. They're across from the Polo Fields where Coachella takes place. And uh, because it's like the off season, I think they just, you know, let us have it. So it was super, it was a super fun weekend until the the flu hit me. It was uh, Brittany and Jax and Stassi and Bo and Kristen and Carter and Katie and Schwartz and uh, me and let's call them Eddie. Uh, And uh, yeah, we were all just hanging out for the weekend, having a good time. But then like Saturday evening-ish, I was like, oh, my throat hurts, this isn't good, but maybe it's just allergies. Then Sunday morning, I woke up, and I was like, throat's still hurting, probably just allergies, though, I'm sure I'm fine, you know, the desert's all dry right now, and all the grass is being cut and killed to make room for the season, or whatever they do with grass, I don't know, I didn't claim to be a farmer, or a botanist, I'm using all the wrong words, a gardener, um, anyways, I, uh, Yeah, so I was like, oh, it's probably just allergies because I don't feel like that bad. And then Sunday night, we were all watching 90 Day Fiance and I was like, oh, I don't feel good. So I I went back to my room and I just started like I like laid down for a minute and then I was like, I am not getting back up. And then I went to sleep and then at about midnight, I woke up and I was like, oh, crap, I am really sick. And the houses were super nice, but they were obviously not stocked with like you know, medicine if you had the flu. And I was actually out of water. <laughs> I was drinking sink water though. It was fine. But so I'm just like super uncomfortable. Like didn't even have like an Advil or anything. And so, so I call my mom at midnight because she was about two miles away in La Quinta. And I was like, can you please come pick me up? Like I, I'm so, so sick right now. And she would have, but she had just taken melatonin because she couldn't sleep. And so she was like, I feel like I'm too dizzy to drive or like too sleepy. And I was like, oh, and so I suffered through the night, but I was so uncomfortable, like laying in the bed wasn't comfortable. I was like, like getting cold sweats or hot sweats. And, and I, so I decided to lay on the floor on like the cold tile and I was just so uncomfortable. And then like right at 6am when, um, it like started to become daylight, I like packed my bag up and I like peaced out. There was no one awake. Well, actually shorts was awake for whatever reason. <laughs> he just went to the bathroom or something. And I was like, I am so sick. Don't, don't get close to me I don't want to get you sick but like thank you for a fun weekend and then I drove to my parents house and I just laid on the couch and then last night slept for 14 hours I was in bed by 8 and then did not wake up till almost 10 a.m just oof. and it was even hard to get up at 10 but then I powered through and I drove back to LA today took a nap right when I got home but I'm starting to feel a little better but if any of you guys have the flu man I sympathize with you right now it is a rough one I should have gotten a flu shot I guess I don't know but do those work because I got one like last year or the year before and I got the flu like three weeks afterwards so I'm calling bull on that or maybe I'm just mad at myself because I didn't get a flu shot this year I don't know but it's been it's been touch and go touch and go um Anyways, guys, 
I want to say again, if you are in the Portland, Oregon area, I have a show on November 4th at the Curious Comedy Theater, and you can get tickets at curiouscomedy.org or at rachelobriancomedy.com. I really hope to see you guys there. It's going to be a really fun night of stand-up and live podcasting, and I have regular tickets and then VIP tickets, um, which include uh, preferred seating, a gift bag, meet and greet, and photos and all that stuff. Um, It's going to be a blast. I'm really excited. I apologize that it's on a Sunday night, but let's power through together. Let's have a fun Sunday fun day. It's going to be a great time. Can't wait to see you guys there. And I have an awesome podcast guest for you. You guys probably know who she is from her um, hysterical and viral YouTube videos. Um, She is a comedic YouTuber. Uh, She is very well known for her satirical love song, Hot for Hillary, which came out after the uh, Obama Girl video years ago, and it got like millions of views like right away. Um, And she has a bunch of other like sketch comedy videos and pop song spoofs online. Um, But she has taken a turn and Taryn is going to be the first AI musician who is the first person to compose a pop album entirely with AI titled I Am AI. And her her first single was just released and it got uh, almost 1.8 million views. It's been played on YouTube and on radio stations around the world. Uh, and she created I Am AI to explore the future of human machine collaboration and what it means to be a human while also realizing that producing an album was no longer inaccessible in terms of studio spend, instrumentals, and what used to be rigorous at, a rigorous editing process. I just think it's so cool. I've known Taryn for like 10 years. We knew each other through a former agent friend, and um, she she's just been grinding away doing really cool stuff for years. So I am not surprised that she came out with an album, and she also is the director of a really exciting documentary, and she's just, she's inspiring. She's a go-getter, a hustler, and she is a person that really shows what it means to um, grind, work hard, make your dreams come true, and find different ways to make stuff happen. You know, uh, if if you can't make an album with the, the, the normal tools, well, she found a way to do it with AI. So it's really, really cool. I think you're going to love this podcast. It's fun and inspiring. And without further ado, please welcome Taryn Southern. Thank you so much for doing this, Taryn. Yay, I'm excited I'm so to happy see here. you. How long have I known you? Probably nine, eight, nine years. I feel like it's ten? nine, ten years. Yeah, it might be a decade. Because I think I met Alec Shankman probably, who's also done this podcast. I Has he really? I, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I went to his office. We had a little <laughs> agent talk shop thing. Um, I think I met him 11 years ago when I first moved to LA. Okay, so, so I then I've known you for 11 years. Yeah, 10 or 11 years. He was years. my first agent. Yeah. Do you still work with him? No, no, I haven't worked with Alec in forever, but I love him dearly. He's I love Alec. Do you still, still, still a talk friend? To him? I still invite him to whenever I have a birthday party every few years. I That's great. Him. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. Though. I know. I we like keep meaning to like catch up, and then it never happens. He's got a child, and then one on the way, and he has he's gonna have two. I think so. I didn't even know he had one. <laughs> Does he have one? <laughs> yes, he has a boy. <laughs> wow he lives in calabasas he lives very far this is how out of the loop i am well you just said you 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 moved to venice you're very (laughs) you didn't quit hollywood i don't know anything anymore so so taryn okay 
I will. I already have, have given you her full bio on her intro, but we're going to break it down from when you first started. Like when I first met you, you were a big YouTuber. And I remember, I think, didn't you have, weren't you and another girl hosting some sort of travel-y type show? Project My World. Project My World. Where okay. we would travel around the world and meet our MySpace friends. Oh my God. If that doesn't date was. us, then I don't know what. Oh my God. <laughs> and that, that was before YouTube. I was doing that actually before YouTube. Okay, so that was before you were a YouTuber. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So you were born in... Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, Kansas. When you had aspirations to move to LA, were they to get into the digital space or was it... Or did you want to move to LA to be an actress? Actress, for sure. I mean, the digital space didn't even exist. Well... YouTube didn't exist until 2007. Well, that was the year I moved to LA. Okay. Really? Yeah. God, that's weird. It seems like it's been around for forever. Though. I know. It feels like it's been around forever. I okay, mean, so technically you it was founded before that, but 2007 was when it was bought by Google. So, um, yeah, I think. <laughs> so when you guys were doing the, the um, what was it called? My World? Yeah. Project My, My World. Project My World. You were, were you, were you guys MySpace stars at that time? Sort of. I mean, like quasi. what did that look like? Yeah, we had, we had, I don't remember, I don't even remember what was considered a lot back then, but we had dozens of thousands of friends on myspace i don't know like thirty thousand eighty thousand a hundred thousand i have no idea what the number is okay so we had all these friends that we had collected and then we shot a pitch tape with Mm -hmm. alex help of course and sold it to direct tv as a show um and that was actually my entry point into the digital space because i ended up working with myspace doing some original content with them Mm -hmm. and became for a short year was like the myspace girl the myspace darling. one of one of the myspace girls uh-huh. did they and have like a like a i don't really remember this did they have like a set group of talent that it was like a few girls a few guys were you like they like would Disney feature kids, but MySpace certain kids? they would feature certain personalities on uh-huh. their pages but not, it was nothing official it was more just that was the thing i was in meetings okay when alec would set up Got meetings it. for me it's like she's the digital myspace girl so everyone would be like tell me about this myspace thing how does it work how do i put my how do I put my resume on there? How do I use it? <laughs> you know? That is so weird that that was what was going on back then, but that's true. It was. And then within, I mean, within two years, it came, two, three years, it was coming, crashing down quickly. But that was my entry oh. point. So I, I ended up doing a lot in the digital space, inadvertently, AT&T, U-verse, Verizon, Vcast, some of the first, mm-hmm. like, digital carriers that yeah. would do shows. I would Were you happy with that route? Or were you oh, like, yeah. you were, I found it. Well, you got like paid right away, basically. I was first getting here. paid mm-hmm. and it was, it felt um, like no one else in Hollywood really cared about those jobs. They were like, oh no, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a big film TV star. And I'm like, great. I just want to get paid. So yeah. <laughs> I just want to be able to pay my bills. I my had friends. zero <laughs> issues with it. And yeah. I think at, I was 20 when I moved out here. So 20, yeah. 21, 22, just to have something that I felt like was a little bit of mine and that I, yeah. that and that I could, was actually in the entertainment industry. wasn't like being a waitress or something. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I never really, I, I sort of correct myself that I never really came out here to be an actress. I loved acting and I, uh-huh. I always wanted to act, but I really came out here to be a TV host. That was like, that my, I remember. Yeah. That, that was, was my really primary goal. And it wasn't until a few years later that I started doing more acting. But yeah, um, yeah because of that, I was like, great Verizon. Yes. Sign me up. Like whatever. Whoever's going to pay me. Yeah. But you <laughs> essentially were get being like somewhat of a TV host when you were doing those. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Just and not on a TV screen. Well, whatever. Smaller same screen. Thing. Same thing. Well, it is now. But back then people that would have true. been like, that is not the same thing. <laughs> whatever. 
again, you were getting paid and you weren't a waitress. So it's that's a pretty big deal. Thank you. Very big deal. Some people like are here for 20 years and then finally they're like making money and like can quit their day job. Yeah. So you were that's lucky. Rough. So when did you start doing the YouTube stuff? And I think and I hopefully my listeners will remember. I feel like you guys are around our age, younger, maybe a little older. Um, we're in our mid to late 20s, obviously. Um, <laughs> that's what I always say. Great. Um, and uh, but I wonder if you guys will remember her hot for Hillary video. I just rewatched it today before you came here. It's so funny. It's actually really good. Thank you. Yeah, that's so funny. So you were right because that was 2007. That was actually the same year Project My World came out. That was okay. my first video on YouTube, but I didn't actually that was a start big one for your first one. Yeah, it has over two million views. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, how did you come up with that idea? Explain what it is in case someone doesn't know. What so it is. I made a lesbian love song for Hillary Clinton. When she was as, running, as well people do, yeah. <laughs> when she was running against Barack Obama in the presidential primaries of 2007, it's crazy. crazy. And I did it as a satire uh-huh. of the Obama Girl video, which was a love song for Obama. I just mm-hmm. thought this just seems funny to do. Yeah, why not do it? And I did it, and that was that was my first YouTube video. Did it get picked up by a bunch of news outlets and stuff? It did. It did. It got did that up. make you YouTube famous? Well, it made it. I mean, it made me like you know one day famous mm-hmm. <laughs> for my one video. At the time, there was no such thing as having a YouTube channel and being a regular YouTuber. There was yeah. no way to make money on YouTube. There weren't even advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just it. Yeah, I got on a bunch of news shows. I went on Hardball with Chris Matthews. Oh my God, really? I did MSNBC and CNN, and and it. it I think that video was the thing that opened my eyes immediately to the power uh-huh. of digital media because I'm like I'm sitting here busting my ass trying to get auditions I can't be seen by two people mm-hmm. let alone all of a sudden have access to 1.5 million in a matter of a week yeah that was crazy to me that was mind-blowing to me yeah I didn't know that and I didn't I didn't know anyone you know and, I just plopped it up online and, and, and it had these- a terrible title I spelled it h-o-t-t with the number four hill all one word <laughs> it was like you can't even like why would I, I remember do that, that. Uh, well you were trying I have, to, you I have were since trying to be changed street. it you were trying to be hip <laughs> I was trying to be street naturally people from Kansas aren't the most hip nope, nope. SEO though uh, my SEO was shot down but um no. what does that mean again SEO like, search engine optimization so no one could find the video <laughs> but they did find it but they did well in that within that week and it was it was featured on YouTube as a result of the high traffic volume. So did it was all like of these news outlets like contact you or did you automatically have like a PR person that was like reaching out to them? No, I had like a little email in the, in the description box for the video. It was like hot for hill at gmail.com. It doesn't exist anymore. So dang, sorry, but <laughs> I wanted to send some fan mail. but I had had that and that was how they reached out and it was just crazy. It was crazy. That's and I, so and cool. from that point on, I was like, I was, I'm sold. I'm so sold then did on you become this. a regular YouTuber after that? No. Cause there was no way to make money. Okay. But I knew... You were all about the money. Well, I just wanted to be able to make a living. Yeah. You know, I thought like... And if I'm making a living by doing the thing that I love, Mm -hmm. I'm still acting and writing and producing. It's just maybe not as fancy and I don't get like a makeup artist. Yeah. (laughs) But I thought, this is really awesome. So if I can just... It was all about how do I pay the bills and... And if I can pay the bills by also doing something in the in the field, great. Yeah, then you're so, winning. Then I'm winning. So what did you transition in from there? Because Project My World didn't last that long, right? Nope. nope. It it lasted two seasons and I was fired after the <laughs> first season. Why? <laughs> you know what's so funny? I don't I really don't know. 
I don't totally know. I'll never forget that call, though, from Alec when he was like, um, so you've been removed from the show. I kind of know you've why. You've been removed from the show. So you I could, created. I could tell you, well, I could tell you my memory mm-hmm. of my perspective. Yeah. But that may not be wholly accurate because so we all know. <laughs> yeah, but listen, that, that, memories was, that was your feeling about it. And that's your perspective. <laughs> and that's all that you know. Yeah. Okay. So what's, what is <laughs> So I had two very strong-willed partners who, uh-huh. to this day, I'm still friends with and I adore. But yeah. they were about eight, nine years older than me. Okay. So, And I was very new to the industry, so mm-hmm. very like demure and wanted to always kind of yeah. just let everyone else make the, the calls and the decisions. And in hiring a production, we hired a terrible production company for this project, like a disaster of a production company. And while we were each supposed to kind of produce our own segments, mine was the easiest because I was the adventure girl. So it was kind of like we could we could kind of tailor mine around whatever city we were in. And apparently I just didn't do a very good job of of producing optimal adventures. Like you didn't do anything scary enough? I didn't do anything scary enough. I didn't do anything salacious enough. You were like, I'm going to have a triple shot of espresso. Yeah. Adventurous. And they thought, based on my tape, Uh that I was down to do anything. Okay. And so, which is fair, which is fair, right? And, and you have to keep mine. You oversold it a bit on the tape? I oversold my adventure side. (laughs) I base jump. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And it was really more like, no, I was a cultural anthropology major who <laughs> really enjoys talking to interesting people and like, you know, moderate, <laughs> moderate to moderate physical high. activity. <laughs> Sedentary is more my jam. Exactly. Like we did a rock climbing episode and that was, <laughs> that was, that was, it was like hitting peak. You're like it was indoor. <laughs> and the reality was because it was my first show and because I was so scared and we had, I remember having a lot of stage fright just mm-hmm. with the camera even. And we were exhausted because we had a you know, $0 budget mm-hmm. and we're traveling all over Europe with no money. Oh my God, you're just in like, Europe? How fun. It, well, it should be. Oh. But this was just like one of those nightmare experiences where you just, you kind of, you're left to your own devices. And the production company was like, all right, we found you this like random skydiving plane. And I was like, no, oh, like that plane, it was in scary. the middle of Italy. It, I was like, no. <laughs> Were they not afraid to be sued? (laughs) Oh my God. No, they were not. They were, this production company was not, I would not trust them on their diligence. Oh my God. So needless to say, I think it was probably frustrating for my girlfriends and I just well, they were theirs was probably like I don't the, think the, I, they were the food girl, which is not that difficult <laughs> to eat pizza in Italy. Well, one was the you music s- girl and okay, the other again, one not that hard. <laughs> so it was just funny how it how it worked out. But I, I think the reality was as uh, as much as I really enjoyed the show, it was no, I mean, sorry, as much as I really enjoyed the idea of the show, the actual show was pretty traumatizing for me. So when Alec called to tell me they'd fired me, I was so relieved. Really? I was so relieved. I'm like, I don't have to do a season two because <laughs> it was just so traumatic for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were, you know, the production company was trying to turn it more into a reality show and it was oh. initially pitched as more of like a hosted show where yeah. we were vlogging and that went out the window. So I didn't like that. And all the things that happen in LA, right? When you're, especially if you're young and you don't have a lot of say or power or influence mm-hmm. and you just feel like now you're stuck doing something that you never actually wanted really wanted to do, yeah. which is the worst feeling. So that was like one of the few jobs I've been f- fired from that I'm happy yeah. <laughs> I was fired from. No. And as a result, I'm still friends with both of the, the girls, too. So that Who was good. Who were they again? Shayna Fuel. Who's, uh-huh. She's now a writer on um, 
oh my gosh, it's a big TV series. She's such a talented director and writer. Uh-huh. So she's gone Thank on you. and uh-huh. she's uh, she worked on One Tree Hill and a couple other shows. It's a sci-fi series that's really cool. Um, and then Renee Intelkoffer, and I don't know what she's up to these days, actually. Hmm. But I see her, or I've seen her around every once in a while. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we all get fired from weird stuff. It happens. I, I know I, I booked this, uh, it was a Fox pilot to host a game show. And there was supposed to be me, another female host, and then a male host. The male host was like a soap star. The female host, I don't remember what she came from, and then me. And then there was like these, like two trophy girl models or whatever. And like the first day, or was it the second day of it? I got fired because they said I was too dry and I wasn't bubbly enough. And what? I was like, well, you knew that in the audition. Like, I didn't turn it on it. I was not any more bubbly in that audition. Like, this is me. This is my personality. And frankly, your writing's cheesy. So. That's so funny. So then I got demoted to Trophy Girl. And then I was... What was this project for? It was a Fox um, game show pilot. Huh. Yeah. And then I was demoted to Trophy Girl. Um, and then I was actually not even asked to come on set as Trophy Girl, I don't think. <laughs> Wow. These are the stories. These are the stories. But I don't, I don't think I could have done like if it was supposed to be like a super cheesy game show. Yeah. You would have seen right through it the whole time. I'd have been like, I'm not about ready to clap and jump in there because someone, I don't know. Yeah. Guest. I I don't know. So yeah, we all get fired from weird stuff. So then it happens. Okay. So you, so then you didn't just start. So did you ever become like a YouTuber? early on once ads started coming in and doing mm-hmm. them every day? Uh, not every day. I started making a video about once a year starting in 2009. Okay. <laughs> but at that time, I was also making a ton of digital content for people that were willing to pay for it at that time. Okay, so, so, so different <clears throat> brands. Like I, in your bio, it right. says like Marriott and like... Yeah, at the time, it was... I did a daily video show on cosmopolitan.com mm-hmm. for Cosmopolitan Magazine. That's awesome. I did that for three years. From what was like that 2008 one called? 2008 to 2011. The okay. Cosmo Show, hmm. I think. The Cosmo Show, the I Cosmo booked, Daily I booked Report. a show for Cosmo, and then they never made it. That wasn't it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did that. I did... Uh, like, I did a... Oh, my gosh. I did a weekly show for BlackBerry... Oh. For like a, a year and a half, I did a weekly show for Verizon Vcast for two and a half years. Um, it's a very good gig. It's very How random. How did you really get into it? So you basically just got into it because of your first few, like the MySpace thing. Yeah. Like, and, and, so then, then you and, were and then that story the- sort of became my identity. And Alec was my agent. So I think at the time he was probably pretty good about saying... Hey guys, you know, if you want to take a, if you want to learn about t- networks or studios, if you want to learn about the digital space, you got to talk to Taryn. She knows everything. So it's like, yeah. it just get, get you in the room. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that just ended up being everything that I did. And I, and the first few series I worked on as an actress were digital series, CW.com. Mm-hmm. They had a series sorority forever. I did that was like 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and that's when I started writing and producing for YouTube, but I would always go to brands or yeah. companies that had financing to see if I, could. and you never, so I never made a channel. They always until. sort of found you these companies. Yeah. Either they, I mean, there were just like, a, there was a small short list of people who were, who were doing video, who were involved in the digital space and also still in LA. And mm-hmm. because I had done some TV work as a host, yeah, I think I was just one of the few that was kind of had my legs in both yeah. at that time. Do you feel like that's still something that people can break into or is it now just super oversaturated? YouTube? You, um, or just even just kind of digital. all that digital stuff. Like 
Because now there's a lot of people probably doing it. Well, it's so funny. Now there's not the stigma. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even back in 2007, if you were an actor and you went over to a network to do to host mm-hmm. or to you know be an on-camera presenter, that, that was considered, was considered like, you are a D-list. Yeah. Like, you don't do that. And yeah. now you've got these top stars hosting American Idol. Alec Baldwin is hosting a game show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. American Idol, the reason why the three of them were on that at the beginning, they were all sort of no names except for Paula Abdul. Mm-hmm. But, but she hasn't like, done anything in forever. No. Yeah. It was just one of those things you didn't do. Mm-hmm. And then, so to never mind digital yeah. places. And now there's just no stigma. No. And it's funny because it's like some of the highest paying play and I, I not comparatively to like network television of course but yeah but digital there are certain digital avenues that can pay and ultimately yeah. that that catches on and then people are like hmm i'd well, like to do but that for my listeners in case there's someone out there that wants to get into the digital space do you think it's still possible to break into 100 percent, and it's yeah. still probably the easier space a because there's less union mm-hmm. um there just is a lot of a lot of digital places just will not do union productions so yeah. that always makes it easier and less competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot more of it. Yeah. So, what, okay. So, you go back, going back, when did you start your YouTube channel? 2012 or 13. Okay. So, and I had done a bunch off- of videos, but uh-huh. just randomly and on different channels <laughs> because at that time the whole subscriber thing wasn't a thing. Yeah. I didn't understand how you made money. And then by 2012, it became real. By 2011, it became clear to me. I saw, I saw my friend, they had turned on the, you know, the ad, the ad mechanism had been on for two years and mm-hmm. YouTubers had finally cracked the code mm-hmm. and figured it out. And so I was seeing my friends on, in the YouTube world mm-hmm. um, do really interesting things. And I was like, oh, man, like, how did I not see that? And I remember thinking in 2011, I missed the boat. Oh, really? And I had coffee with a friend of mine who was managing YouTubers and she's like, no, Taryn, you can do it. And I was like, but my acting career is just now, like, I'm just now starting to finally book stuff. Yeah. I'm starting to book guest stars, like, mm-hmm. and I've been at this for a while. So it's really hard to imagine taking time out of every single week to figure out mm-hmm. how to make a video. I'm yeah. like, what am I going to make? I'm an actress. I'm not a vlogger. Yeah. And uh, she gave me a big pep talk and was like, do it, do it, do it. It took me a year to mm-hmm. do it I, w- I would like map out and write out video content yeah. do like here's here's the schedule i'm gonna do and i would just never do it and yeah. then finally finally i bit the bullet and i i made three vlogs in one day that were like comedy vlogs uh-huh. and i edited them and what and did I, those like, really look like what did, was what is terrified exactly well this was just like me riffing to the camera i had someone filming me mm-hmm. as i was walking my cat tiggy on a leash down uh-huh. the street in west hollywood like an insane person yeah Talking. That's what I do on Instagram story every day. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's basically probably what you do on Instagram story. And I just chose random topics and I ran on a rant and each video is like two minutes long. Mm -hmm. And one was for breast cancer awareness. I know that. That was Mm like, I had a friend that was like, please make a breast cancer awareness video for my charity. So I was like, all right, well, that's a good excuse. So I made, I think one of the videos was called like, why breasts are great. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just (laughs) silly stuff, right? And I just, I remember being terrified, like, I'd made these music videos, mm-hmm. these like big produced music videos, but I'd never done like smaller vlogs. And I was like, what are, what are people going to think of this? And is it going to ruin my acting career? And I don't know. I don't even know like what my, what's my brand, like brand. How do I even Ugh. think about a brand? Like I don't I, have I a brand. I hate thinking about that. Well, it's like, what is my brand? It's like, I don't know. As an actor, your job is to sort of be whatever yeah, they want you to, to be, not right? not a specific brand. And, yeah. the, and the odd thing was, 
even though basically most of the work that I booked early on was character work, mm-hmm. like super weird stuff where I had where I had weird voices. I was working, you know, voice actors, weird voices and accents and lisps and all kinds of things. Yeah. So I just, I don't think I had a strong sense of like, what am I to people? Yeah. And like me just being me is not, I, I always thought like me being me is not going to be interesting. But it is interesting. <laughs> I've got to like kind of, you know, distort it, like put yeah. a lens on it, something. And yeah. so that was, I remember that being like a big internal crisis of like, uh-huh. what do I do when I start putting myself out there? And I, and I, I did, I started developing. Like crisis when they think of like, I want to do something like that. And then they're just like, but well, what am I? What are people going to like this? Well, I'm sure it? you think about this all the time with your stand up, right? Like it's a, it's, a, it's you, but it's like a, a version of you that, um, well, how do you ver- think about I'm very it? me in my stand up. I don't think about it necessarily in my stand up because that's just like, that's something I'm very comfortable in mm-hmm. and very comfortable doing. But I do think about it even with like my podcast where I'm like, oh man, do I need to have like a specific thing? Like, do I just only talk about like, uh, reality shows? And I'm like, but I don't even watch them. Do I only talk about like <laughs> pop culture? Well, I don't really even care that much about it. It's like, do I, or am I one of those podcasts? It's like, I just review movies. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like. So I've had a hard time with like, do I need to have a niche or is it okay to just be myself and talk to people like you that I find interesting and not have a specific format? And it's proved to work out, but like that is something I constantly am like, is that like, do does it need to be specific? Like, what's my brand? Am I like, you know, I, I like food a lot. Am I the food girl? Should I talk more about that? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. You get no, your head totally about that kind of it. thing. This is the thing most YouTubers deal. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest problem they have. Yeah. Niche so content much does yeah. better generally. Mm-hmm. Like makeup blogs and stuff yeah. like that. But, but do how you many really makeup wanna... blogs can there be? And and to be perfectly honest, as an artist and as a creative person, the mm-hmm. last thing you want to be stuck doing for nine years, 10 it's years is the same yeah. specific dang thing. And so that is truly the, the biggest. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you hit the nail on the head. Guys, I feel so excited and so lucky that I get to continue my partnership with HelloFresh. And now I also get to enjoy the different offerings of Green Chef simultaneously. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that includes everything you need to easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about. And here's how it works. Recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. And with Green Chef, it's easy to maintain a specialty diet and enjoy exciting new options. And you can switch up your meal plan and change the box you're getting whenever you want. Their expert chefs design recipes with gourmet flavor you typically only find in restaurants. They're delicious. And the recipes include pre-made sauces, dressings, and spices so you get more flavor in less time. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company and their meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore. And I have an offer for my listeners. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash be here. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash be here. That's greenchef.us slash be here. So, okay. I guess we we've we're talk, we've talked about your YouTube thing. You said something to me that was very interesting when you came in. You were like, "What have you been up to?" Because we just were catching up, and you said that you kind of quit LA for a while. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? I told yeah, you to I was, save it for the podcast. Exactly. So now we get to go. Yeah. So all now into you guys it. get to hear it as um, I'm hearing it for the first time. Yeah, and I and then I immediately backtracked and said, "No, quitting is not the right word. Quitting yeah. quitting gives off the wrong message." Um, Honestly, I, I guess I don't really care what the <laughs> what the word is. All yeah. that matters is my internal experience navigating this stuff. But I actually, I feel like I had one of the best 
possible experiences I could have asked for in uh-huh. my first decade in LA. Yeah, I you legit, really, you really did. I, I kind of left without any. I deep remember scars thinking like, God, Darren's doing so much shit. <laughs> So cool. <laughs> Still taking Thank Second you. City classes. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, yeah. it's really hard. But yeah, I mean, in some ways, I managed to find a little bit of a niche. And um, I, I honestly was having a a good time navigating most of it. For me, it was one of those strange things where I had gone to school and studied anthropology. Mm-hmm. And the plan was that I would always go get my master's in anthropology okay. and then do documentary work. I ended up in LA on a fluke because I graduated college early and thought I was getting Me a too. Ah, there we go. Which is helpful mm-hmm. for a good it's a Yeah, we moved here in 2021. And I thought I was getting a job with Discovery Channel, mm-hmm. which was going to be my foray into documentary that didn't work out, but I ended up selling that MySpace show. I mean, it all happened so fast within the first 4 months of me being in LA. I had mm-hmm. this show which is like it's crazy. Amazing, yeah. right? But and and you look back and you're like at the time you just like wow, t- selling TV shows is so easy. Actually, Alex sold a show <laughs> for me when I first got here too that never ended up going to the History Channel. <laughs> oh my, Alec, he's a He's good. He's a star. Yeah. <laughs> star agent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I th- I think like I never had time to pause mm-hmm. and say do I really want this? Mm-hmm. And and so and every experience I had was just a learning experience. It was like my first time booking a guest star, just being on a big set and mm-hmm. navigating that was scary and terrifying and exciting and interesting. You do that nine, ten times and you start to get the feel for like how that is and if that's some, a life that you actually want. Yeah. And so what happened was about eight, nine years in, I'm like, all right. I have hosted red carpet shows. I have now done like digital content. I have done the YouTube thing and been on a hamster wheel of churning out videos every single week. I've been a guest star on sitcoms and on single camera comedies and I've done a couple independent films and like I kind of have like a a nice spreadsheet of data about what it's like to work across the board in the industry and I found myself, uh, for lack of better term, for the most part, just like kind of uninspired and not... And, and exhausted and mm-hmm. like not um, just feeling like I, I was I had gotten far, somehow very far from what like deeply excited me mm-hmm. and uh, and that's like sort of a um, that's not the worst story in the world you know like I yeah. don't I, I, it, it's like everyone goes through that but I think that those are yeah, really important can... evaluation periods and it's very mm-hmm. easy when you live here as you know mm-hmm. there's a whole bubble of people that are dying to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you start to take on the energy and that mentality of everyone else around you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if I grew up around a bunch of models, maybe I would have wanted to be a model or something, but like all my friends were actors. Yeah. So I was like thinking that's what I needed to, to want to do. And you probably thought too, at certain points, like, God, I'm so lucky to be here. Like, why would I give this up? Why would I give it up? But I was working so hard because to keep the momentum Mm -hmm. was so taxing. It was like, it didn't matter. It was like, you, you just had to actually work harder. <laughs> and I'm sure that at a certain level that changes or maybe you get more comfortable yeah. in a space. It's I not like I never had people the, never do. Really? Like, like at a certain, yeah, I hear that a lot like in actors and interviews and stuff where they just, I don't know that that day ever comes. At every level, you're, yeah. you're, you've got to fight for the next job. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was just tiring. And when I realized that it wasn't what I really wanted to do, at least not now. And I thought maybe, maybe again later in the future, but for 
at least for, for as long as I can see out, it's not what I want to do. And then that was terrifying. I had a whole crisis. Like, where am I going to go? I still love LA. What am I going to do? I don't, <laughs> I haven't had a real job ever. Yeah. Do I even want a real job? No, I don't want to yeah. do that either. So no. it was just this kind of crisis of identity. Yeah. And what did you do? I was really, well, I had been in a relationship at that time with someone in New York for Uh two years. So I was back and forth. That's where I got it in my head that you moved to New York. Yeah. That's probably why. So I had been back and forth to New York. So I'd already started like a slow exit just, Uh just via that. And I would still go on auditions and stuff in New York. But at this point I was mainly paying the bills through YouTube. So I could kind Mm -hmm. of set my own schedule. I was starting to turn down a lot more auditions. My agents were starting to be like, why are you turning down all these auditions? But I was doing more YouTube. And then um, after that breakup happened, I just like broke. It was like the, it was the thing that broke me. Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) I didn't really quit Hollywood. I basically got broken up with and then I I quit life. Yeah. How (laughs) long ago was that? Gosh, that was now five, four years, four or five years ago. That was a while ago. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think four years ago. Yeah. It was exactly September. I know it was September yeah. of four or five years ago. It's, yeah. I don't know why I can't do the math right now. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. No, time just starts to. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I was now back in LA. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I had a few like, I don't know, I had a few contracts left with some brands on YouTube. And I had fortunately at that point built like a small team this girl Liz she's amazing Liz Forcier she gets a shout out Liz she was Forcier. she was my assistant for okay. like a year and a half and then basically had become the producer of Happy Cat Media which was the little production company I started and she knew me so well and she knew what I was going through and that girl basically like kept the the ship going oh so we were producing content for Snapchat uh-huh. for Marriott for I don't know, like five different brands at the time. And she just like kept it moving, even though I was a disaster of a human being. Oh my God. How long did it take you to get over that breakup? <sighs> a year and a half. That's tough. It was a long, yeah. it was like a long breakup coming? No. Really? I did What happened? I want to get into that a little bit. <laughs> Do you mind? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Nothing. I, we just, he was starting a company. Mm-hmm. And so he was under a tremendous amount of stress and pressure a long distance relationship, not yeah. necessarily easy on anyone. No. Just lack of sleep, lack of all the things, right? Yeah. But, uh, and we were fighting a lot towards the end. So I guess I should have seen it coming. Yeah. Like <laughs> now I always tell my girlfriends and in that jokey, annoying grandma way, like every man has his breaking point. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Watch the signs. Look for them. (laughs) Like, you think they're going to stick around forever, but no. Don't just get comfortable wearing sweats. Yeah. (laughs) Got to dress up and put makeup on. (laughs) And that's basically what happened. Yeah. Just he hit a a wall and said no more, but I was stunned. And um, I don't know. I don't know why I'd I'd hung my hat so much on the idea of being with him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a sad feeling. I hate to think that, like, Okay, like that you shouldn't necessarily do that but then are you technically then when you're in a relationship you're one foot in one foot out because I'm always kind of like well I'm never going to like put my everything into a relationship because it could end at any time but like that's such a negative way to think like yeah. I think it's great that you took a chance and hung your hat on it but then people will say like well that's why you don't do that because then if it doesn't work out then you're well I think but you that's with anything you're sort of forced to I mean I was for I was forced to take a very <laughs> almost Buddhist mentality about life after which yeah. is like you go in big, you go in hard, 
but you hold very lightly. Okay. Oh, I like that. So you mm. just like, you have to be really good at unattaching mm-hmm. to an idea. Yeah. Right? Because like whatever is, is, and you can't change it. And so once he was out, like I should have, had I been, I, don't, I obviously did not have a lot of experience. I had not really had a heartbreak. Yeah. Not in the way that that happened. So it was in many ways, it was like the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Yeah. It changed a lot of who I think it changed a lot about me. Yeah, to be honest, I'm a different person after that. That's for sure. good though. You probably yeah. needed it. I did probably it's a good, need like it. growing up experience. I'm sure. For sure. And probably Everyone. forced you to slow down and not just be like grinding, 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 grinding. Yep, absolutely. Like to reevaluate and stuff. So that's what happened. And so then, okay. So then, did you? So you finished up your contracts and stuff. Finished up the contracts, and meanwhile, I was just like I said, I was like a hot mess. Uh-huh. <laughs> In it some regards, sound like you quit at all? No, I, you're right. I didn't really quit. But what happened was, I just I wasn't I was not putting myself out there at all. Mm-hmm. I was not going on auditions. I had completely stopped the flow of like meetings and pitches. So I was only taking care of business that had already. Did you been did you fire your agents and stuff? No, I was still with them, and they were so. I don't even know that they, I don't even know that they really know what was going on. They just, I think they thought I was busy with the current projects Uh and I don't know. They were just kind of like, whatever. I I also, I've never been, because I was focused more on YouTube, Mm -hmm. I just became more self-reliant. Yeah. I wasn't doing the the TV film thing. So yeah. And I wasn't making the money there. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think they just didn't really care. Yeah. Are you still (laughs) with the same agents? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I've been with them now for like, Seven years, yeah. something like that. Well, I think they know They know that things go up and down and ebb and flow and like yeah. people, yeah. They're so chill. I yeah. mean, they're a big agency, so I, I probably, they, they probably just don't even like notice and then when they, when something, when something comes up, they email me and otherwise like I'm, I'm chill. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty I'm good. I'm kind of the same way. Like I'm not one of those people and I wish, I mean, maybe I should be better about it, but like I don't like check in every week. I'm just like, oh, if I get an audition, I get an audition or, or if I have like an idea for a project or something, I'll email them or whatever. But like, other than that, same, I'm very self-reliant. They probably love that. I don't know. Right. I have been told by my agents. I am one of their favorite clients. Okay. <laughs> now they easy. could be lying, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I basically call them. I'm like, so a lot of times I'll call them and I'll say, Hey, I sold this show or like I set up this deal. Can you just do the deal? Yeah, that happens. That's, a that's lot. good. That's easy because it's it's just in that space that yeah. I have so many relationships. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, like, ah, it's like, just okay, easier cool. for me to like. I go out for drinks with somebody, uh-huh. and then like something the next yeah. day, I'm like, all right, this happened, so yeah. help me out. That's great. <laughs> so they didn't really say much when this was going on. They were supportive though of whatever I wanted to do, and then I took time to. Oh, my headphones are going in and out. Yeah, hold on one sec. Yeah, I think it's fine. She Great. knocked her headphones. I knocked my headphones why would, off. Why would I be able to hear it? I don't know. Anyways, okay. It was my, it was that Jack. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I I didn't know what else to do. I just started going to um VR meetups because okay. I had put What's on a mean? you know virtual reality. Oh, okay. I had put on a virtual reality headset randomly while I was in this what? dark. And then you this would just dark go meet period. up with strangers. So, well, so it was like this dark this period in my life. And I put on this VR headset. It was at somebody's office, and I was transported to this other reality. It was so. It was a vibe. So it was like the top headset, and it was this beautiful underwater experience. And for the first time in like a year, mm-hmm. for twenty minutes, I forgot about. I just wasn't thinking about anything. I was like in a meditative state oh, where I forgot cool. about being sad uh-huh. and I just was. And I came out of that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. And I was like, ah, I just 
found something I'm slightly excited about. This is interesting. So I started going to meetups with other VR creators to learn how to make VR content. That's really and cool. that is where I put my, <laughs> my energy. And so, and I had no idea where it would lead. And of course, VR was like starting to get really hot and mm-hmm. money was starting to pour in from various companies. And I applied for a grant from YouTube mm-hmm. to make VR content and they granted me a, an experimental grant. So I started making VR content. This was like two years ago. That's so cool. Okay, so is that how you got into what you're currently doing? Yes, and, that's, and that was the, the entry point. Yeah. Like it wasn't, I had no idea what I was going to do next, uh, but it was through the VR world and learning about AR and VR and just like frontier tech and how that might impact content. That's how I ended up doing you're gonna all the to, stuff I'm okay, doing now. So you're going to have to break it down for me <laughs> and my listeners. So explain, you came out with an album. Mm-hmm. And it's made entirely with AI. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to break that down for me. Yeah. Because I understand. And by the way, I really like the songs. I will listen to, is it Thanks. Break Free? Break, break free. free. Break Free over and over <laughs> again. And then I just Yay. listen to New World. Which I think that needs to be like on a TV show or a movie. It sounds like, I don't know, it just sounds like it's like the intro for a TV show or I don't know. Cool. Or like in the soundtrack of a big movie. I don't know. So explain exactly what all this means. So when I received the grant from YouTube to make Mm -hmm. this experimental VR series, the whole idea for the series was I would be exploring the future through this, these like beautiful animated futuristic worlds. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could have AI compose the music? If Mm -hmm. this is an exploration of the future, I had heard about AI doing that. And so I started doing research, contacted a few of the companies saying, this is a project I'm working on. Can I work with you? Mm -hmm. And it, within two months of learning the software and uh-huh. how to code with AI and how to create music using AI as the tool, and I don't know how to play an instrument. So, so is this so, any different though than just like, like electronic like DJ music? Like, what are they? They're obviously it is using, different. Okay, it is different, um, and it depends on the software. I used like four. I used five different AI softwares in okay. making the album, so they're all really different. Like IBM Watson Beat, you have to know how to code. Mm-hmm. You have to like that took more. That took more. Of a, it was a learning curve, um, but it's also not it super, very different. But it's also not super complicated. It's not like you don't have to be a programmer to get it. I mean, you could. How many could, months did it take you? No, to no, no. Learn you could learn to like, how to do it in six hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I can't. And say, then you so just like have to I'm like. Not, and then you just not. have to like do it, and then you get better. Well, as you do I did. It, right? I did DJ my own intro music. Oh, in Garage well, Band. There you go. So, <laughs> so it is different than using like a, a workstation like GarageBand, yeah. but there are some tools that are super user friendly and easy, like Amper Music. You just yeah. you basically tell the computer, "I want a song in the." key of C that is going to have minor chords and the following 12 instruments, which I have selected and, uh, is going to be a mixture of synth pop and classical, and it will render something for you. And then you can change any part of that. You basically say, I want to change this part of the song and this part of the song and I'll change it and change it. So you're just, you're basically editing. Yeah. You're basically editing raw material that the AI is giving to you. So it's still a process. It t- still takes a significant amount of time. I think you do have to have like a decent ear. Yeah. But well, you have a beautiful voice. Like you can oh, sing and all well, that. Thank so. you. Thank you. Yeah. But that's how that whole project started. And so I just, I made this like AI song and that's, just for fun originally or yeah. well, as part of the a grant, part of okay. the, the YouTube grant for okay. the, v, for the VR video. Okay. And then, uh, I posted the 2d version, like the 2d part of the music video. Uh huh. So the 2d music video is kind of confusing, but we have like, this 3D VR world, and in the VR world, there's TV screens. 
Okay. And within the TV screens was going to be this 2D video. Okay. So I placed the 2D video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then that one sort of went viral-ish. Cool. As it, as it were, because uh-huh. it was like there aren't a whole lot of AI. <laughs> yeah. AI music projects floating yeah. around on the interwebs and AI is a hot topic. And so it did. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And this was really fun. So why not make a whole album? So that became... How long did it take you to make project. a whole album? A year. That's great, though. A year. Now, it was like nights and weekends, because as I told you, I ended up um, directing a movie, oddly yeah. enough, this year. But um, I, I started working on the album last September, and then from January until, I'd say, July of this year, mm-hmm. whenever I had free time, it was like my, yeah, my nights and weekends gig making this album. Have you ever taken a break since the day you moved here? <laughs> Well, yeah, but like, what, is the, what does a break look like? I don't know. I haven't, so I don't know what it would look like. But I mean, I know, go like on like one week long breaks. Okay, like you vacations know? of yeah, sorts. I yeah, I do like vacations. I don't think I would know how to take several months yeah, I mean, off I, from doing I've things. never done that either, but I'm just wondering if like no. you ever like got burnt out and like... Yeah, well, that's but that well, was that whole period I went through. Yeah, and but it sounds like you were still doing a bunch of other stuff. I was, but as I, I know it sounds crazy, but there's such a big difference between... <laughs> between like, having to go out and pursue work yeah versus just show up just working and that yeah. doesn't mean I did a good job either right well you had Liz I had Liz thank <laughs> god thank god for Liz um but it's true you know I I man if I, I mean I you could not have but to, but to say that you were creating an album while you were producing and directing a movie yeah that was, it was an a incredible tricky. amount of work <laughs> it was a little bit tricky do you sleep this mo- this year has been you look well rested busy. really yeah oh, this was my first day putting on makeup in like a month I was well, so thanks. excited I was like <laughs> I'm gonna put on makeup for- well I just got back from New York okay so what were you I've doing been in, in New, New York? York directing this movie okay. my team was there you have to explain what the movie is too the movie's a documentary on the future of man and machine um and it's uh it's a I think I realized all of a sudden there I was like, hmm, I haven't gone for it's a documentary on the future of man and machine as mm-hmm. told through the perspective of the world's first cyborgs. OK, so we've got five cyborgs and in explain our movie. what a cyborg is. Well, our cyborgs in our movie is a tetraplegic, mm-hmm. a blind man, a woman with Parkinson's, a biohacker and an amputee. And okay. all of them end up with some level of brain to computer interface mm-hmm. to help correct their disability and in turn sort of get fun new superpowers that's really cool yeah what um for the tetraplegic what is the the device or whatever that's can you say i can't because it's can't, going to be a surprise the in the film but you would be amazed I you would be absolutely amazed i wonder if you've heard um so for a couple well probably like five six years no six years ago um, for two years, I dated a guy named Rob Summers, who is, was a paraplegic. Well, he was originally a quadriplegic, but then he um, was actually able to regain his upper body through physical therapy. So then he was wow. a paraplegic. And then he was the first person chosen by the Christopher Reeve Foundation to get this experimental surgery that was supposed to possibly make him walk. They'd been working on it for like, uh, not the Christopher Reeve Foundation, but the original research for like 40 years. Um, and then the Reeve Foundation got involved, you know, 20 years ago or something. And, um, would that be how long it's been since Chris Free was paralyzed? Probably. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he was chosen out of millions of people uh, and it actually did work. I mean, he got the surgery and then 
uh, a few days after he healed from the surgery, they turned the device on, which was implanted. And so basically it was um, electrodes that were implanted in his spinal cord. And then there was a little battery pack um, placed under his skin. So he would have to like charge it and stuff. And basically what this machine would do or the electrons would do, they would amplify the signal from the spinal cord to the brain. Yep. And it would also simultaneously help regrow the spinal cord. Wow. Yeah. And he... Um, he stood for the first time after he healed from the surgery and they turned the device on the first time he stood up and it was the first time he'd stood in five years. That's so it was crazy. amazing. Yeah. So it was, um, I guess you can't say exactly what it is, but wondering if, well, no, if I can tell the, you, I can the tell type you of stuff is anything like that or yeah. if it's more very similar. The difference is mm-hmm. that, um, this type of technology is implanted inside the brain. Okay. So not in the spinal cord. Okay. So for people who've had a completely severed, mm-hmm. Spinal cord injury. His his was just bruised. Okay. Yeah. So that's why he was able to do it. So Mm -hmm. for a lot of them, you know, it's completely broken. Yeah. Um, And so the electrodes are implanted in the motor cortex of the brain Mm -hmm. and stimulated to, well, that's as far as I can go. Okay. I'm fascinated to see it. When will it come out? I mean, hopefully, like any independent documentary filmmaker, I have no idea um, until it is done and... We we're we're in post. Uh huh. Okay. Well, that's great. We'll, we'll be submitting to all the festivals this fall. Mm-hmm. All the deadlines are like right around the corner. So <laughs> we're just like trying so hard to get it to get it wrapped up. And you know, hopefully, we'll be either at festivals or we can sell directly to a. I mean, a Netflix or a Hulu or an Apple or yeah, an I'm Amazon sure would be that. amazing to me. Um, it's a it's definitely a pro tech, like a tech optimist story. It's mm-hmm. it's not a Black Mirror. It's kind of like been fun to work on something that has a little bit of a different slant to it yeah. than that. Well, well it's obviously see. something that helps people, probably something you believe in. Yeah. Is yeah. this your first time directing a feature film? It's, yeah, actually it is. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It was directed just, a feature film. I mean, we're not done yet. Well, and I'm lucky did, I have a you partner. You did most of the directing. <laughs> co-directed it, Co-directed, yes. With another amazing uh, feisty female. That's so cool. So yeah, I feel I feel good. I'm excited to get it out there yeah. to people, and hopefully, I mean, it's just like documentaries these days. I don't, I don't, I have no idea how hard it is mm-hmm. to sell this stuff. Or I feel like I haven't been in the saddle for a little while. And documentary yeah. is a new space for me. So yeah, like I don't know. We were trying to do a documentary on Robbie. We had um, we had a really good documentary director on, and then well, first we had actually R.J. Cutler. The guy that did, mm-hmm. and then I don't know why we ended up. He- oh no, no, we had a a, a, a newer guy um, who was a director, and then they decided to replace him, who he would have been way better with R.J. Cutler. And then R.J. Cutler just sort of like I don't even know. He kind of screwed up the deal somehow by probably wanting too much. I don't know, money or something. So we should have just stayed with the younger, newer guy. Um, and it sort of fell through the cracks. But I remember it being kind of like a hard process because there's not as much money in it and stuff like that. And yeah, it can yeah. be tricky. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. But it's still, I mean, it's and, and I love I've loved the it's process. Probably something you've loved working on, though. I have, and I actually I want to do another documentary now. So yeah. I think I think do you have it's, any ideas? It's of funny. What that will this be is about? what I originally wanted to do in college was make documentary films. So you've so made I have come somehow circle. come back full circle, and I never planned <laughs> for any yeah, of but that's this. the way that's the way things go. I think that oftentimes when you do just like push, push, push for something, sometimes that sort of like snuffs out the possibility of getting that one thing because mm-hmm. it's like almost too much sometimes when you're kind of open to like letting things happen and seeing obviously working hard but like being open to a different avenue yeah is you oftentimes will come first full circle on what you really wanted 
Totally. It's yeah. so funny how it all works out. Yeah. And also we evolve. We evolve as we get older and yeah. things change. And sometimes, I don't know. It's just fun. It's, I feel, uh, I mean, this has not been an easy transition mm-hmm. into doing other things. Yeah. In many ways, it's like shedding an old identity that, that I still valued and I cared about. Mm-hmm. Like I, So are you I not doing YouTube stuff at all not, anymore? <laughs> not really. Well, I, mean, I think I've released... Music. I've released like two videos this year on YouTube. Yeah. So I'm not making any money on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so, and I've lost, I've lost so much of my audience. Cause of course, if you don't post. Yeah. The algorithm just punishes the hell out of you. So yeah. you have to post regularly, which is how they keep you on the hamster wheel. It's like, don't take a day off. And now everyone makes five videos a week instead of one or two videos. A week. It's so crazy. crazy. And you have to have a team. Yeah. If you don't have a team, there's absolutely no way you can do it for years on end. Yeah. Um, without burning out. So it's like all the YouTubers that I know are struggling. Most of them are struggling to keep the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not unhappy at all about moving yeah. on, but it's definitely hard. It's like, okay, if I'm no longer an actress, if I'm no longer a host, if I'm no longer a YouTuber, like what am I? Am I of any importance to anyone? And then I realize, like, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, but obviously I just got to do my You thing. just made an album and you're directing a movie. Well, but I did that. But like, who, how do I know if anybody cares? You know, <laughs> it's like, I well, can't. I can't. <laughs> 1.8 million people watched the music video for Break Free with your AI song. So clearly oh. 1.8 million people care. But it's and funny. And I had almost like 100% positive reviews. Well, that's nice of people. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, there were there were definitely certainly some negative reviews, as you can imagine, um, which is fine. That's life. But yeah, I, I guess... I do feel strangely, I feel more malleable, mm-hmm. more like a lake, That's whereas great. more like a river yeah. before I was a lake. Do you find, do you find <laughs> kind of like time wooden. to do anything like fun? Do you go out and do stuff or are you mostly just always working? So most of the time I'm working, I am engaged now. You're engaged. I'm engaged. Congrats. I, I, yeah. So Can you say? <laughs> yeah. His name is Brian. Brian, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. What does He's, Brian Johnson do? Brian Johnson happens to run a neuroscience company. Oh my God. Yeah. So we sort of met. I was going to say like, it's kind of like what you're working on. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, oh, and did you meet through doing this doc? Around the same time. Yep. Okay. Right. They both started synchronicitously. Oh my God. And um, I was, at the time, I was like looking for brain stuff. Yeah. To do research. And he was posting on Twitter about brain stuff. And I was like, this guy's interesting. So I followed him on Twitter. I forgot about it. And then How he cute. sent, and then he sent me a message on Facebook. <laughs> he found me, looked me up online and was like, why is this girl following me on Twitter? She makes YouTube videos about farts. This makes no <laughs> sense. And then um, reached out to me and we had a date and that was two and a half years ago. And oh my God, we see, you're, were you're, immediately Your in. different path led you to your fiance. It did. It totally led me in and, and, um, and I'm so happy, but he's a workaholic. Yeah. So we both so have this, like, we both <laughs> just kind of enjoy working and then each other and, because I've been in New York for the last nine months, basically in a long distance. Nine relate. months? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said a month. No, nine months. Oh, my God. I mean, it's been back and forth. I'm yeah. like three weeks there, two weeks here, three mm-hmm. weeks. So I do get to see him a lot, but it's I'm excited to be back home with yeah. him. And But yeah, we just haven't had a lot of time for for fun. Yeah. <laughs> but you, we'll, we'll get there. We'll when did get you guys there. get engaged? Uh, March. Oh, my God. Fairly yeah. recently. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, he proposed, and I was How like, he ah. uh, We were shooting the doc, and he had called my co-director and said, yeah. "Can can we? Is there a chance like you could film it with your doc cameras? Because that would be so. I bet that would be so nice for Taryn to have on camera. Bless his heart. Like he does. 
I don't really care yeah. <laughs> at all oh, whether it's so on camera, cute, but it's it's cute that he yeah. thought that. So he called them and they said, well, actually, we'll be at this beautiful sunset location on this date. So we'll plan to surprise her. And boy, was I surprised. But of course, I, I hadn't washed my hair in three days. I looked <laughs> terrible. I was actually wearing these pants. Cute pants. <laughs> With a big sweatshirt. And like, you know, had the, had the what are they called? The little... Where you're viewing what the cinematographer's oh, yeah, doing. I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking about portable video things around my neck. And it was this big old thing. And he drops down to one knee. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're ruining the shot. <laughs> oh my God, how cute. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was very surprised and very happy. And Oh, well, congratulations. When do you guys think you'll get married? I don't know. No, we're okay. so like, too, I mean, next, next year for sure. Yeah. We were like, let's get done with our respective. Yeah. At least let, let me get done with this movie so yeah. that I can you know i don't know pick a pick a venue that's so exciting pick a location oh my god so, well it's been so fun catching up with you yeah thank you for thank doing you. this thank you for having me will you tell everyone where they can find you how they can uh, view your new album oh my will goodness you are you gonna be performing it live at all uh yeah i yeah i've done a few live performances at like tech conferences okay. and music conferences um i'm trying to think if i'm if i have anything coming up i have a uh-huh. few potential things coming up so people can just follow me on twitter or instagram at taryn southern t-a-r-y-n t-a-r-y-n southern and uh i basically post about everything there if you want to subscribe to my youtube channel like Do it. i you know i make like two videos a year now so three videos a year you might Listen, you 500 thousand people still subscribe <laughs> it looks like we don't know <laughs> we don't know where they are but they're that's awesome well thank you yeah. guys for listening as always and you can find me at Instagram or on Instagram and Twitter at Rachel and O'Brien. That's R A C H A E L N O B R I E N. It reads as Rachel O'Brien. That's not what it is. It's my middle initial, but whatevs. <laughs> and uh, you can find my tour dates at RachelO'BrienComedy.com and get your tickets to my November 4th show in Portland, Oregon. Um, you can go to the curious or it's just curiouscomedy.org on uh, November 4th. Get tickets there and I look forward to seeing you guys. Bye. Yeah. Bye.